Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. I'm your host Chris Laverick and today's show begins with, we've got a real scoop, I managed to get use boss Chris Agata in for an interview. We talk his playing days, how he got into coaching, his love of the Arsenal and how that shaped his footballing vision and much more. We also have our now regular segments, Pat's Song Pick of the Week, Ticket Updates and of course the Mighty Mighty Fan Roundtable. Enjoy Hastings fans. And now over to our boss, Chris Agata. Where do I start? Obviously, I'm you know marking out a bit because I'm talking to the uh, the finest manager of all time. Are you, are you good to speak for a little while? <laughs> the longer it is, the better because it saves me getting out of doing the school run. <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, I've got to do it. Let's ask you first. What about your sort of childhood sporting heroes? Any standouts? As an Arsenal fan, I absolutely love. Dennis Bergkamp saw that 97-98 double winning side with Overmark, Tini Vieira, Ian Wright. That was my, my favourite team and uh, Dennis Bergkamp was sort of the, the main man in that. And, and weirdly enough, a bit randomly, Michael Johnson, the 400 metre and 800 metre runner. Oh yeah, yeah. For some reason, he sort of stays with me in terms of those gold boots and his running style and just sort of like an unbelievable athlete. It's a bit of a random one, but someone otherwise. Well, no, and also the way he presents himself. You know, he's always very professional, very uh, magnanimous, you know, doesn't sit there and big himself up all the time, basically because he didn't need to. But, um, yeah, class. He was class. And as for Burkamp, Chris, uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, actually, I watched him spank us a couple of six nils at QPR, um, uh, I think we played you once in the FA Cup and once in the league, and yeah. it was a pleasure to watch just someone just just utterly pick apart a team. The only way you could put Burkamp off is because you know he, he he always fancied a ruck. You know he was one of those ones that could snap. Yeah, if he if he didn't, yeah. And but other than that, he was just oozed class. So it was a yeah. No, he was. It, it, we were spoilt around that era. We were we were really spoilt for footballers, you know, and and particularly the fact who got it was Bruce Rioch that got uh, Burke camp in, wasn't it? Bruce Rioch brought in him and Glenn Helder. Yeah, uh, they brought in Glenn Helder. They were the Dutch pair, and Burkamp started off. He had a bit of a nightmare, didn't score, and then he scored his first two goals against Southampton. I can remember it now. It was one was a cross from Glenn Helder, which was a right volley from Burkamp, and then. Yeah. He was just yeah, no, he was he was unbelievable. You know, we, we talk about the players now and we talk about the Messies and all that of the world, but like just Burkamp, because you never knew what he was gonna do. You know, you, you just thought which which pass is he going to pick? You know, he, he, you know, it was no, he was, he was fantastic. So, I mean, we're going on to the Arsenal then. So, you, 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 when did you first start following the Arsenal? My, my family is originally from uh, that neck of the woods. Yeah. So, in the Arsenal fans, they were an Arsenal supporter, and I got influenced on that front. And then my brother didn't know. My brother, for some reason. Man United, so that sort of sums up 
where it sort of comes from, really. But also, I think it was around the time when Arsene Wenger first took over. Oh, was that when you first started watching them, yeah? Well, I, I, I saw, it's the first time I can really remember yeah. appreciating football. Um, and it, as I said, it was towards the end of Bruce Rioch and then when Arsene Wenger come in. Um, and obviously, he had that um, a different way of playing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I started about 85 going to watch QPR and because I was a Londoner at the time, we, we, we'd go as kids, you'd go to all the other London games. If you couldn't get to the QPR game home or away, you'd go yeah. to the Arsenal game or you'd go to the Tottenham game or you'd go to the West Ham or whatever, depending, you, you wouldn't go to the Millwall game because that was usually quite dangerous. But the, no, um, no, they, <laughs> no, although I've got some Millwall friends, then they're good people, but yeah, so we we saw the old uh, Tony Adams arm going up one nil to the Arsenal offside trap, you know, ball coming down with snow on, you know, like Niall Quinn, Alan Smith. I mean, great ground though, fa- fabulous ground, Highbury. Um, but yeah, no, the football wasn't great, and when when Wenger come along, Christ, I mean, it's just it was like um, chalk and cheese, wasn't it? Yeah, I just think not just on the pitch, but off the pitch, obviously, like. I don't know if we want to touch on your, your, your playing career. Obviously, you, you played for a while. And any talk about there? Or? Uh, yeah, I played uh, growing up. I was at Dalton. And then um, obviously got released from Charlton at Yeah. Uh, I coached alongside my job at the time where I was doing engineering, uh, and then 
Yeah, I was, it was good. That was my next question. Was when did you first start thinking about management and coaching? You, you've obviously already answered it. You must have interviewed well. Yeah, I must have done, yeah. Must have come across all right. And then <laughs> they made me assistant at the academy management, um, put me on the first team coaching staff with Tommy Widgerton. And then Sean North left a couple of months later because he had an opportunity to go to Eastleigh. And he lived at Portsmouth at the time. So he was doing massive amounts of um, travelling. Yeah, understand. Yeah. Um, and so then I stepped into the academy manager's role and then was made first team assistant manager there. I was there for a couple of years, 18 months, um, and then I got offered a head of coaching role at 
Hastings within the academy, which I then took. And then Finch come in the year after, made me assistant manager, and then obviously that didn't work out. And then I ended up being in the position I am now. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's up to now. Yeah. The leader, the leader, Chris. The um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what I was going to ask you though, because you've you've been you've been for a few clubs there, and you know rose steadily, and as you say, over a short, uh, well, it's not it's not a short space of time, but I suppose for, in footballing terms, it's a short space of time. You know your like vision of the game has that changed at all since you first started, or is it kind of evolving or? I was probably more of an idealist when I first come to Hastings in terms of, well, it looks all right and I can live with that. And if that means results aren't quite as positive as they could be, at least it looks nice. And that's, that's just, uh, I am a bit of an idealist in that. It's like I, I think people pay to, pay to watch a game of football. The least we can do is, is try and pay that back with what I believe mm. Believes is sort of a, a nice brand of football. Yeah. Ultimately, I do think that in the past sort of couple of years, I've, I've got the taste for winning. Yeah. And quite yeah, it looked like you were enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, there's nothing quite like it. And I've also realised off the back of my feedback from my previous bosses before Billy and off the reaction of supporters that you're only as good as your last result. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, don't, no. We, we, you know, we could go to the message boards, but like, no, we're not, let's, let's not do that. The, um, <laughs> no, I don't mind, I don't mind having a laugh. No, George is usually the good one for that. He always pick out a, a choice a choice comment. I mean, I, I tend to, you know, skip out. I mean, everyone's entitled, absolutely everyone's entitled to an opinion and everyone's opinion should be heard, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if we should go there. The, 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 one of the things I was going to ask you, though, with, with the, your tactics, obviously you said Arsene Wenger is one, one of the biggest influences on you. Is there anyone else uh, tactically either you know, borrowed from or find inspiration from? Yeah, to be fair, I'm, I'm a big, big, big learner. I know at the moment I think that's quite fashionable as well. Like people, like when you hear a lot of coaching podcasts, they talk about, oh, I want to learn. And I think it's... It is fashionable, but I genuinely, I'm, 
I literally take anything from anyone. Like, I'm mm. really sort of open to any new ideas. So, I've got, I think I think the biggest influence on me is obviously, in terms of tactically, I'd say is Pep Guardiola, but not the Barcelona team. The Barcelona team, I thought, was boring. Yeah. It's the Bayern Munich team that was the biggest inspiration for me. That that was the team with obviously Lewandowski and they had wingers playing outside and crosses into the box. And mm. They played a slightly more forward-thinking brand of football than that Barcelona side before. Mm. That, that's been a big, big influence on me. Uh, Pochettino, I love. Uh, I think he's brilliant. And I think we're seeing now how good he was at Tottenham when we're looking at the aftermath. Mm. Um, I love Joe Sangrino's attitude towards winning. Um, I know it sounds obvious, but I think I think he will do literally whatever it takes to win the next game of football. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he's I don't think he's shy in in uh, you know I don't think he's worried too much about being fashionable and being current. I think he's no. he's there to win games of football, and I, I really admire that. Um, what, what do you think happened? Just a quick side side thing. What do you think happened to Pochettino that that last season? I mean, what? what well, did did he lose the players? Did he? What what happened? I mean, it was it was a bit peculiar, wasn't it? I'd imagine he'd been there three or four years, and I think he got to a point where the, obviously they've got to the Champions League final, which is the pinnacle really of club football, mm. and that's obviously a massive disappointment. What's happened? And I think maybe he just felt the same the same voice with the same players, maybe a lack of recruitment. Just made, I think sometimes as well, sometimes, I think timing's massive. I think sometimes you outgrow something mm. uh, or sometimes you just move in different directions. I think it can be a little bit like a, like a uh, girlfriend-boyfriend mm. relationship. I think, I think it can be amicable, but I think sometimes you can go, actually, we're just moving in different directions. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if, it, that, if that was the case. But either way, I, I think... I think you see now what a fantastic manager he is when, because I don't think Tottenham have hit anywhere near the heights that they did under him, um, to be honest. No, no, they haven't. Um, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I've got a soft spot for Jose because, I mean, I think he's obviously as a character, he's he's very ent- he's very entertaining and he's also very passionate. Obviously, his, his, his teams don't tend to play. <laughs> They're not the most um, attractive to watch. Then, you know, Tottenham needed the change and who was about. So it's, you know, who knows. But, um, well, at, yeah, at go on. The time, at the time, I was, I was fuming that Arsenal didn't try and get him because I just felt Arsenal had lost their edge a little bit and um, I, I would have loved to see Mourinho at Arsenal as an Arsenal supporter. I would have taken that every day of the week. Even now I would. As much as I think he's had a great start, I just think Mourinho's track record is... Yeah. He's a winner, isn't he? he hasn't. He's yeah, and, and your your boys need to get back to that. I mean, they, they, yeah. they, they, you know, too much mediocrity was accepted, and you know, you're, 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 Arsenal were a massive club. I mean, Arsenal were a massive club in the eighties. You know, they, in terms of England, you know, they're they're a, you know they're a big club, and yeah. it just seemed you know for, forever your defence was. I mean, you you prided yourself on your defence as well. You know, your you, your quality midfield. You used to, you know your goalies. And it just seemed like the recruitment just was, I mean, and uh, I don't know. Well, that, those, those early, what gets forgot, forgotten is those early Wenger sides. I mean, I can remember talks about Patrick Vieira and ill-discipline and that Arsenal team being a bit of a disgrace because they were so aggressive and physical. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
uh, as much as they played great football, I think, um, uh, I think they needed a nasty like, streak. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, even with, like you said earlier, with yeah. Burkamp, Burkamp, yeah. Oh, yeah. Such an important part of the game and something that can't get forgotten, really. And I think, as an Arsenal fan, that has been lacking. You're quite right. Yeah, the, the, the um, well, we, we've got we've got Jack Dixon, so um, yeah. Yeah. he makes up for that. Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when do we start? Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to talk to him actually. Yeah, his character. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't mind asking you, Chris, your relationship with the previous board. Yeah. What was that like? It was, to be fair, it was positive in the main. Like, you know, I'm I'm sort of I'm thankful for that board's given me the opportunity. You know, I, 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 no, that, if it wasn't for them, I, I wouldn't be in the situation I am now. No, I mean, to be fair, like, if I if I speak right at the top, obviously, Darren Burney, Peter Sherlock, the, it's all the owners of the club that I often don't really get spoken about and I think that's probably the way they prefer it. They're brilliant. Like, mm. The relationship I've got with them, they're, they're different class and to be fair, this is credit to Billy, they're more involved now than what they've ever been I, f- I think they're more passionate about the club than what they've ever been I think I think they've in the past sort of years since Billy's been involved it's all about positivity and there's a lot of good a lot of good work going on at Hastings and I think unfortunately yeah. previously they weren't informed of all the positivity or sometimes things could get put in a way which makes things a little bit more bleak than what they really are um, so, so, right, so say there's 10 positive things and one negative thing we'll focus on the one negative yeah. thing like, oh. and, I, and I think I think that's pretty normal in most environments I think like on social media when you see 10 positive comments and 2 negatives you normally just focus on the 2 negative yeah. I think it's human nature but um, no to be fair it was alright like, it was alright I mean I, I never had any real major issues obviously there was the situation where I resigned I remember and, I remember yeah. Chris now, well, I'll be like, really open and honest. I, you know, I handed my resignation in because I just felt what I didn't want to do was waste anyone's time. I didn't want to, obviously, we'd had a, a positive previous season, getting to the playoff semi-final and finishing third. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ultimately, it was, you know, it was, it was better than what the club's done in a long, long time. Yeah. And I just felt at the time, I wasn't sure whether or not I could move it any further forward under... Under the mm. under the circumstances, and to be fair to Dave Nestling, to be fair to the board at the time as a collective, we sort of all got together and thrashed things out and agreed to move forwards. And to be honest, when Dave and 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 Co and Tony and everyone stepped down, I think I think it's fair to say that the club was in a really good place. I think we yeah. were top of the league at the time, or and from a personal perspective, my relationship at the time was with the board was fine so um, oh good and, and you know and, a bit, and Billy come in and uh, only strengthened it really like he's he's, um, he's been a pleasure to work with another question Chris how long did it like you've come in how long did it take for you to like press your style onto the team I think when I first took over it was it was very much we couldn't keep a clean sheet mm. um, like the defensive record under the previous managers was was a big was a big issue. I think you know, Darren Hare's side was one of the most attacking, forward thinking and aggressive sides 
you could wish to see how great to watch how fantastic team uh, but I think they conceded too many goals mm. and that was something that was pressed on me when I took the job on an interim basis it was we need to stop the ball going in our net basically yeah. so when I first took over that was sort of the main port of call but I think we'd had a, a lot, we lost the first two then we won the next three then we had we didn't concede a goal in the next three and it was a bit of a mixed bag and I was watching it thinking yeah we're doing alright it wasn't wasn't great to watch mm. uh, but we were getting clean sheets so I sort of I let myself down the garden path to think everything was alright if I'm being honest but then we played Thamesmead on a midweek game and we got beat 3-2 I think it was or 2-1 it was a late one mm. um, and I can remember just sitting there thinking this isn't me yeah. and I said if I, if I kept it going the way it had been going you'd be miserable but I, I, I would have been sacked as well because mm. we wouldn't have been successful mm. and then the, the night after we had an under 23s game play where Adam Lovett Jamie Fielding David Radari uh, and Dujame, all these players, yeah. Tom Clipson, were playing in the game and they mm. were playing Greenwich Borough and Greenwich Borough had seven first-team players playing because their game was called off at the weekend mm. and at half-time we were 4-0 up. <laughs> and I, I, I just yeah, sat there. Yeah, it's, it's there. It's there banging just, you on the head. Yeah, I just sort of thought, what the bloody hell am I doing? Yeah. Persevering, like no disrespect to with a group of players where a huge portion of them didn't really want to be there and I was I was trying to get them on side and, and trying to sort of tickle their bellies if you like whereas we've got a group of young hungry players that are desperate to make their way at the club so we just sort of said if we're going to if we're going to fall on our swords we're going to do it doing it our way yeah so then from that point on we just gradually moved it forwards and started looking like the team that I think we've become today out of interest, how much time do you get do you get with the lads during the week? I mean, two or three sessions a week, or what, how's it work? Um, so, so what we done? We started doing it last year, where a majority of the side is very young, and their their priority is I want to become a professional footballer. We've 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 then gone to two mornings and one evening a week. Yeah. Um, so the likes of obviously Sam Adams and the, the more senior players, Gary Alfick and Co, you know, they're in one evening a week, but then uh, the rest of the group are in three times a week. Yeah. Uh, Do you give them homework though? Yeah. Chris. Yeah. So I, I probably, <laughs> I probably have in terms of contact with the players, probably about including the match day, easily ten hours a week, mm. easily, mm. Um, and. So me and myself and the staff and Brownie and Co, we, we'll put in a normal week is about a 50, 50, 60 hour week. Pretty, yeah. 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 That's, work, that's, working across, that's working across first team. Yeah. Um, 23s and 19s and 18s. Yeah, that's a, that's a normal week. So on a Monday, on a Monday morning, we'll get to the ground at just before seven o'clock in the morning. First team will train in the morning. Then we'll have under-19 training in the afternoon. And then there might be uh, under-16 training in the evening. So it's, it's a pretty normal thing to get in at 11 o'clock on a Monday after getting to work at 7 on a... But yeah. it's, it's easy to do because obviously we work in football and it's far better than a real job where yeah. you have to work really hard. So no, it's, we get loads of time with the players. And whilst we, 
it's not all one or sort of face to face interactions. We talk to the players a lot, like obviously with mobile phones and like using Dropbox and there's lots of apps and yeah, brilliant technology now. Obviously, video analysis where we tr- we we try and we try and create an environment where there's no excuses. That's that's the big thing. Yeah, so there's no excuses for the players to not be ready on a, a Saturday and. If they're not ready, then it's down to us as staff to look ourselves in the mirror and go, actually, have we prepared them as well as we could do? Uh, and, if, and if we can do that, then the ball's in the, in the lads' court. But to be fair, it's, uh, yeah, no, we, we try and invest as much time as possible. Okay, great. So, so you're mentioning like uh, Brownie and that, but I mean, what does, what does he bring and like Pete and the rest? Tell us about the, your backroom team. What, what do uh, they bring to the. Uh, Brownie, Brownie is. Uh, he goes under the radar doesn't get anywhere near the credit he deserves he's, he's one of the best coaches I've ever worked with I've known him since he was 17 so he he come in at Albion Community and oh, I, okay. sort of, I sort of was, I suppose he's like a mentor type character to him mm. poor poor lad but, um, you're the Bobby Robson to his Jose Mourinho then yeah yeah well he is much more intelligent than me <laughs> but, but, and, um, but yeah he, he's brilliant very calm very measured I think, unfortunately, sometimes his calmness gets mistaken for not being as... Because I can be quite blunt and loud yeah. and, and <laughs> out there. And I think people know that, obviously, that we're quite strong with the group. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes Brownie gets misconstrued, but in fact, he's, he's just very deliberate and measured in everything he does. So he's brilliant for me. And he's brilliant for the group as well. He's a calm head. Very clever as well. So, as I said, like tactically really innovative sees things that I often don't see. Um, he, yeah, he's brilliant. I, c- I couldn't wish for another assistant manager. So, you know, if, if ever I was elsewhere, he would always be the first person I'd call to, to come with me. Um, okay. Pete, Pete is, Pete is, Pete is the most positive man in the world. Um, incredible character. Brings yeah. a wealth of experience. He's been there and done it. You know, he's, he gives me a reality check quite often as well. So he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. He's, obviously, from a centre-back and centre-forward perspective, he's, he's been there and done it as well. So, you know, he's just a fantastic motivator as well. The lads love him. You want to play for him. You want to work with him. Uh, he's just a brilliant character. Then we've got Dave Martin, who does everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the song suggests. Yes. Uh, but, but also, he has a... He, uh, reckoned, he reckoned we were going to get spanked 4-0. Do you know in the cup game? Did he really? Yeah. He's oh, going, we're going to get spanked 4-0. That's him gone. Yeah, that's it. He, he, no, he <laughs> no don't cancel him. Don't cancel him. Go on. Oh, no. He's, um, but no, he, and the thing is as well, what people don't realise with Dane, he has an input on the football level as well. So, like, I've, I've sent him to watch players and from a player recruitment perspective, he's not silly. I mean, he, he's worked with, I think, 14 managers at Hastings. He's been there and done it. He knows the club better than anyone. So, mm. uh, and he knows his football. Um, so it, literally you name it Dane does it um, he's, a, he's a good cat well he's very straight so he won't tell you what you want to hear which I think is really important yeah no that's a good um, trait so everyone that we've got on the staff including Ben Cornelius James Page I mean we've got a big staff I'm very keen for them to be very straight and open and honest it's sometimes we'll disagree or a lot of the time we'll disagree but I, I really encourage that I think it's important mm. I think just, just just to come up with the best solution, really. So I'm, I'm, I often say it, and I'm sure 
most major say, but I'm, I'm very lucky with the people that we've got around, uh, that I've got around me because they're brilliant. They're brilliant. I, I couldn't do it, and the team wouldn't do it without, without the group. They're, they're brilliant. Are we aiming to win the league with this team? Yeah, I think that's always the, that's always the expectation. Mm. Obviously, what, we, what we've done last year, I know it's easy for me to say, but I'm pretty sure we would have won it last yeah. year, if I'm being honest. I, I think we would have gone on to do it. I do... I do 100% believe it would be more difficult this year. Um, I mean, we've already seen it in the games that we've played. Mm. It's, it's a, it's, I, I just feel like the whole situation is a massive false economy because we've, we've done what we've done last year. We've lost some of our best players off the back of their performances last year and us not getting promoted. Yeah, we, if we do get promoted, we potentially keep those players. I'm pretty sure on that. Yeah. Um, because we haven't been promoted with the same level, playing against the same teams, they know what's potentially coming. And then also off the back of that, they're just happy to get a point off you. And like Babisham at the weekend, playing purely for set pieces and, and parking the bus. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's going to be a big, big challenge. I know each Grinstead have invested a huge amount. Cray Valley are a lot stronger, as we've already seen. Mm. White Hawk, again, have invested a huge amount. Ashford will always be there because Tommy Warlow's a great manager, has done a great job there. Mm. It's going to be tough, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't settle for anything less than, than winning the league. People talk about promotion. I want to win the league. Yeah. Um, I look at the players we've got, uh, when they're all back fit. I know we've got... Well, I, I think Cray Valley will be up there. Cray Valley will be in the top two, I'm sure of that. Um, mm. They're a good side, and I think when we matched up with them 11 v 11, I thought we were by far the better team. So yeah. I just think, from our perspective, we've just got to try and get our best players on the pitch and try and try and put a run together. I mean, the fact that so this time last year we named the same starting 11 pretty much every game, whereas we haven't been able to do it once yet, mm. just because of injuries, knocks, niggles. So like last night at training, we've had two players drop out of training halfway through just physically they're breaking down um, and so I, I think it's no coincidence as well with the layoff we've had more injuries this time around so we've, we've had more injuries now than what I've had in the previous two years being the manager what can you do what can yeah, you do yeah that's the thing and the thing is I, I work you know we talk to the staff that we might we, we sort of say to ourselves are we pushing the lads too hard mm. challenging but but then I also believe that I want to try and improve each and every player. Mm. And I think if we turn up and go through the motions and just ticking boxes, I don't think I'm doing the lads justice, um, to be honest. Yeah, of um, course. So, so, yeah, no, it's, it's a challenge. But do I think we can win the league? Yeah, I do, 100%. I think all the time we're a team that's got the back line that it has. I think we'll always be very competitive because I don't think we'll concede too many. Yeah. Um, some great young players coming through as well. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good young players. Mm. There's credit to the academy, there's credit to the work done by Dean White, Ben White, Lynn um, White, Ben Hart. They've done a fantastic job and what they've done is they've created a culture where you can trust players coming through because mm. they'll always compete. I mean, something we often say to the players is how good are you when you're having a bad day? Yeah. Um, so when Tom Chalmers, for example, is having a bad day, he's still does the basics, he still competes, you yeah. rely on him. So yeah, no, you think the players we haven't got, I mean, Lloyd Dawes, Lloyd mm. Dawes, when he's fit, is, for me, the best player in the league. 
no one's seen the best of him yet. And that's the thing, gets clattered at Little Hampton in a kicking match and and um, does his MCL. So, you know, David's, David's, David's two weeks away. Um, okay. You know, other than Ben Pope, I think he's the best centre forward at our level. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a toss up between them two. So you look at that and go, well, when, once everyone's fit and back, the goals will certainly yeah. start to fly, I'm sure of that. Lotto, you want to say anything about the fans? They are the best. No, I'm, in all seriousness, I absolutely love them. The, the behind the goal support makes the job and the three points so much more satisfying. You know, I, so often people go, oh, you know, it's great that. That Chris encourages the, the the players to come over to the support. I don't have to say anything. The players mm. just do it. You can't not do it. I mean, the support's brilliant. Win, lose, or draw, um, they're always there. You're always there. I actually love them. I think they're brilliant, and they make the job. As I said, they make the job that much better. Much because you just feel like you're in it together. I know it's a cliche about the 12th man thing, but you know, I feel like whenever we don't win, I let the supporters down. Um, like I'm not just saying that. The problems that write on the forum um, with their lazy commentary <laughs> on games, but with their lazy commentary on games, yeah, and rubbish. I, 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 that doesn't bother me. But what bothers me is when we don't win, and I have to look at yourself. I have to look at George and go, do you know what? I feel like I've let you down, and the team feels like that as well. So, and that's really a credit of of what you guys bring to the table. So, no, I, I, I can't. I can't thank them enough, really. And I speak on behalf of all the lads and the staff as well. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, when you can turn around and say to a potential player, you're going to be playing in front of 400 people because of Corona. No, but when we're playing in front of sort of 600, 700 people yeah. and three quarters of them are really positive and supportive, you can't not you can't not buy into that. And I think as well, I think the tides turned as well. Like I think when I first got the job, the behind-the-goal support was was what it was in terms of it wasn't the dominant part of our support whereas now it certainly is and I think credit to Billy as well for fueling that for, for encouraging well, that I letting George back in the ground <laughs> yeah I, I, I remember people moaning about the drum going, oh, the drum what do you mean about people moaning about swearing like oh my my child is behind the goal and no. If yeah. Don't take him to football then, or 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 if you're worried about swearing, don't go with the most vociferous part of our support. Mm. You know, and I think where the leadership at the club is is very more much more modern and yeah. embracing that type of support, it can only have a positive effect on on the team, and it, it's it's, uh, oh, it's it's brilliant. I actually love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, from our from our point of view, and I don't speak for the supporters, I'd speak for me, but I know all of the lads that are there and, and, the, and the lasses, it's, you know, it's the football that's being put out there on the pitch that is giving us all this enthusiasm and, and, well, and love for the club. You know, I mean, we, how, how could we be miserable? There's great, you know, we've had, we've been spoiled. We've been sport rotten for the last few years and can't wait to get this. As I talked to most of them, Chris, most of them, it's, it's the highlight of the week. You know, like we've all got different jobs, all sorts of other business that's going on, obviously Corona and all that. And it's like, you know what? What do we think? We think actually, well, the Hastings game's on Saturday. You know, sod all the rest of it. It's the highlight of the week. So, you know, I can't, say, I can't, I can't speak higher 
from 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 our point of view, you're doing a grand job, and and long may it continue, mate. We we just quickly we we had a before the Cray Valley game and we spoke we spoke about um, you know like little things like you've got older players Gary Elphick Craig Stone that are coming towards the end Sam Adams coming towards the end you've got myself you know in the final year of my contract you've got like the staff you've got mm. it's all one of the big things we said was. We have to make sure that this team does itself justice and does its support justice. We can't be that team that, remember that Hastings side that would have won the league but didn't because the FA couldn't get their house in order or the Eastman League. We have to be the team that, you know, the Hastings side that got us back to the level we should be at, at Mm. least. We have to give the supporters the, the... the team and the level of football that they deserve, that their support deserves, um, and that was the big message to the players. We've got to make sure that if it's our if it's our last time together, we we, we go out with a the last dance. Yeah, it, it better not be the last dance, Chris. I tell you, I'll be round your house, mate. Oi, sign a contract. You need to have one with Billy, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oi, Billy, get no, it. No, yeah, go on. Said we do ourselves justice because you know we could easily sort of rest on our laurels and go oh you know feel sorry for ourselves but you know that would have been doing ourselves but also wouldn't be doing you guys justice and just you know just for your peace of mind you're a big the support is a big big motivation for the lads in terms of let's let's
Here's George's take, I, on Hayward Teeth. I bet you're afraid I'm going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Ugh, I'd rather kiss George Takai. Hello. Well, it's the day after Hayward's Heath away. We did, we did try and organise something for after the game. We were all in a bit of a Kenny Pogue wonderland to sort that out. So now, so now we're recording the night before the podcast comes out. George, now that we've all calmed down a bit. Please, Just about, yeah. Please. Well. Start on what was a commanding performance from the boys. Just fantastic. I mean, to see us play like that, I mean, watching the live stream Saturday, you thought, something's happening here. We're going to be playing well. If we play like that Tuesday, we'll batter Hayward Teeth. We did play like that Tuesday. We played even better. We've got, we line up with what we think is going to be a back four. Jake Elliott, Stone, Elphick, Ollie Black. And actually, Stoney is playing in front of the back four, just marshalling everything. Mm. Ryan Worrell is everywhere across the pitch. We've won the ball back. Oh, it's Ryan again. Absolutely fantastic. We are everywhere. um, Just the players are so fluid. Just a a brilliant performance all round. So, unfortunately, we lose Aaron Capon in the first minute to to injury. Gutted because he's been playing really well, actually, working so hard. So, Kenny Pogue comes on, our veteran striker, to play left wing. And then it's just a night to remember, and it's a, it's a night, it's a night to be proud to be an old Estonian, or like myself, or a Hastinger, if you're that mm. way inclined to. And when you've got players that have given so much to the club over the years, bagging two and three goals, respectively, it's uh, it's a brilliant night to be a Hastings fan. And we played so well, we deserve it. You know, it's not a fluke when you win five one at this level. We did absolutely deserve it. Well, indeed. I mean, we, we controlled the game completely. And uh, what, was, what was lovely about it was that we scored the goal. We didn't rest on our laurels. And we made sure we got that second goal before half-time. That was key, I thought. That was really key. That ball from Sammy Adams, the keeper's got, got a big touch on it. And it's bounced up. And it looks like it's going over the bar. And it's dropped, kind of, sort of bounced on the line and gone in. And that, that's... Basically, that's the game done, as far as we're concerned. We're going to win that now. And the second half, did we did we sit back? Did we protect the 2-0 lead? No, we kept playing the same football because we believe in the football that we play. And Kenny Pogue takes advantage of that. And we talk about Kenny, um, and we talk about what he gives to the dressing room all the time because of his experience, because of how much he cares about Hastings and his positioning and his na- and his nous was there last night. But let's not forget that Kenny Pogue is a is a top top footballer at this level still. And we saw that and we can see that when he's collecting the ball out wide. Um, yeah. his first touch in his second touch job. moving the ball out from his feet. He's doing a great job and he was rewarded with the three goals. Um, with some great team play that was going on there last night. But Kenny just showed us last night what he gives us as a footballer on top of what he gives the club as a whole. So, so pleased with him and just to Sammy, to be fair, for getting his two. Kind of gone a bit under the radar because everyone's giving Kenny a lot of love, rightly so. It was fantastic and it's it's just a great, it was, it was, it's a great result considering who we got on Saturday. It's just a great confidence builder that, you know, we were able to bring Kenny off the bench and he bags a hat trick. So, you know, it, 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 
it just lifted, I think, it's lifted everyone. Well, in, term, in terms of Saturday, I mean, people were saying, oh, PCD won four out of four now. What are they like? And uh, the only way we find out is on Saturday, isn't it? So, brilliant. Looking forward to it. All, all they are are next for a bit of the uh, Kenny Pogue destruction. That's what's happening. Oh, it's just, there, there it is, Kenny. I mean, I don't, I don't think Kenny was offside all night, so. There we go. <laughs> he's back. He's scoring. He's scoring. He's scoring goals. Um, oh, it was just a great night last night. Loads of Hastings turned up. That's the key thing for me. Yeah. Get to Haywards Heath on a Tuesday. It's been raining in Sussex all day, um, and, he, and he gets to the ground and he can't find a Haywards Heath fan. All you see is claret and blue. Mm. Um, and it was it was a joy to be there last night. It was it felt yeah, it was almost like a home game. Really. Absolutely fantastic. That's the thing, though. It just shows, goes to show. It's, that's the that's the thing to do on a Tuesday night and a Saturday afternoon. Is go and do that and be that close to the team. And um, you know, all of us that go, we know we had that performance in us. And yeah. uh, they showed. Well, apparently showed we've us. got no goals. Apparently that's what we heard. <laughs> we heard that, didn't we? I mean, we know we know that was kind of especially after Saturday. The way we played Saturday, uh, word has gone rounds far and wide about how well we played Saturday because that's what games in the FA Cup do people do take notice mm. and we showed that we're there for business in the league we're there for a reason we're there for one reason which is to win the league and we showed that last night and I'm really pleased for Aggie as well who again has, has put out um, his system he's, he's um, put that three at the back and uh, played the game for for what it is and what he thought we needed, and um, and, it, and it's paid off. So, so really pleased for him as well. Yeah, it was very professional. I mean, I've said it already, but we controlled the game. We could have let slip. We could have been, you know, we could have switched off, but we didn't at all. That's. I mean, there was there was no no faults. You can't. I, I couldn't see a fault with the team at all. We didn't let. Yeah, even though they got a goal. Yes, they got a goal. Well, every team's going to have a chance in the game, but they never looked in danger ever. Which was, I mean, and Louis looks so assured. Mm. Like if with his feet, he's just trapping the ball. He just the players can smack it back to Louis, and it's fine. That gives it gives you another player on the pitch, yeah. um, especially away from home. And we just we're just keeping the ball. So nice. well, I mean, the difference between the two sides. I did like the fact credit to Hayward's Heath. You could see that they were trying to keep the ball at the back. Yeah. Um, and they're in that in that stage where they're developing that that passing style, and eventually they'll they'll come to a point where they can pass it through teams. But they didn't have what we had, and they were passing it along the back, and then they were getting rid of it forwards. Mm. Whereas we're in this this part in our cycle where the team is together, and we can we can pass the ball through teams. And I just thought the disruptive play, particularly from Ryan last night, um, winning the ball back. Was, was absolutely fantastic and essential in an away performance. Yeah, and, uh, and I would obviously bet uh, Ben up front, you know, tirelessly again, yeah. you know, for 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 a little reward for, for himself personally, but for great yes. for the team. That's the thing. And that's what Ben gives you. And actually, I, I don't think his team play got enough credit last season because he was banging in 25 goals and scoring late winners and putting pens away. His team play and what he gives to the team at the front is 
it's absolutely fantastic. And that was a key part of it last night. The away number nine performance was totally there from Ben. So, oh, it's just... Just yeah. puts a big grin on your face. I know. I just, I just came into work, even though I was going into work for a long day, uh, and and all the stuff that comes with going to work in whatever workplaces you're in. I had a big smile on my face from yesterday, beaming. Absolutely. So, uh, and well, looking forward to Saturday. Brilliant day down the pilot field. Get there late lunchtime. Make a lot of atmosphere. Sun or rain doesn't matter, does it? So, no, of course it don't. I hope it rains, yeah. you know, get a bit, we, I mean, we, we, we're nearing 400 tickets as we speak. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're top oh, VCD. Let's, let's see, let's see what they bring. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, hopefully see some of their fans at the pilot fields. That'd be great. Yeah. Playing like that. Who's going to stop us? Exactly. Exactly. Well, cheers, George, for that. We have a great weekend to look forward to, Hughes fans, as first the men's team are at home to top of the table VCD Athletic, which should be a cracking game. Remember, only limited amount of tickets on sale, so get buying before they're all gone on hastingsunited.bigcartel.com and follow the links. We also have Sussex County League Cup action against Wooding Dean Wanderers. This will be taking place this Sunday after the unfortunate events of last weekend. And I know it's already been said, but a speedy recovery to Wooding Dean's goalie, Kelly Humphreys. So if you were at the abandoned fixture, just use the ticket you got that time. Otherwise, you need to go on hastingsunited.bigcartel.com and follow the links. It's time for the Fan Roundtable. Thanks again to those armchair experts, John, George and Daryl, for making it happen. Yeah, yeah, stop talking now, George. Just uh, for the fan roundtable, we have a, a, a new face. So, Daryl, please introduce yourself and tell us how long you've followed Hastings. Uh, uh, I mean, a lot of them probably know me already, Daryl. You can usually see and hear me behind the uh, goal with George and Robbie and all the loud lot. And so, um, I only really started properly following Hastings last season. Um, sort of went to a few games here and there before that. Um, that George sort of be like, oh yeah, Daryl, let's, let's let's go to a Hastings game sort of thing. Is uh, just occasionally we'd head to one. It's good fun. Yeah, last season just really got into it. Really enjoyed it, and yeah, right, just gonna keep going now. Good man. I'm about to do it on Saturday. Yeah, right then. Okay, well now Daryl's introduced himself. Uh, guys, I couldn't uh, make the live stream. So whoever was at the bar at the pilot field that was beautifully laid on. Daryl, you were at the, the pilot bar, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I was up yeah. there with uh, George and Robbie, Ads, Kev. So, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was a great atmosphere. Um, real, I think you know, we were all really disappointed and uh, we couldn't be at the game. So I think you know, everybody's a bit... Confused and frustrated at the FA rules there, That's, but no, I mean everybody seems to. Be, it was still a great atmosphere in the bar and stuff, and like, we still really got to try to get behind the lads as much as we can. So, but yeah, I mean I thought we played absolutely brilliantly. I mean team two divisions above us, and we were all over them. That's it's amazing. What was it like when Sam scored? Ah, oh, everybody was up. Everybody was cheering. It was brilliant. It was. Uh, everyone just went mental. There's a nice old chant of Super Sammy Adams coming out. It was great fun. 
such a cruel twist at the end, two minutes into injury time, though. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we couldn't believe it. It was, uh, it was, it was just so lucky for the ball to drop to him where it did. I mean, it was a lovely strike. He did really well to put it in from there. Like, I mean, you know, you see that sort of shot nine times out of ten, it's probably going to go over the bar or go wide or something. But he, he placed it really well. I think we're just really unfortunate for it to drop to him nicely like that. Okay, George, any any take on it? Well, you know, obviously, as Daryl said, disappointing not to go to the game. But in terms of a replacement, what was put on at the pilot bar was was really good. Um, book a table. Uh, stream, was, stream was all right as well, to be fair. Uh, fair play to those that ran the stream. Uh, in terms of the game, really, really proud of the lads. Felt really good, actually, after the game. Um, because I felt like... We may have had a couple of performances before where we weren't quite at our best and it wasn't quite clicking. And we played so well on Saturday against the team two divisions higher, were three divisions higher last season, and we absolutely battered them. Their fans on, online afterwards were saying that we deserved to go through or at least you know have a replay, which didn't happen this year. Just talking to uh, Pat, Pat McCrossan, director, after the game. They come back. From, uh, from Ebbsfleet saying that their staff were complimenting us on how well we played and said that they were lucky to go through. And it was evident in the game, really. We did batter them. They had about they had three chances, really, scored two goals, which I guess is the difference between our level and theirs. So you have the players that are going to put those away all the time. Yeah. Uh, but we were absolutely brilliant, really proud. And I, I think the way we play bodes really well for the season, actually. Good. Nice, nice positive stuff from George. Well, if there's anything else to say about the game, I was going to move on to the Sunday game. Game was abandoned. Yeah, yeah so a ba- bad injury um, for their goalkeeper. Apparently she's okay. She's just concussed and had a badly bruised neck, which, you know, neck injuries can, can be really, really serious. So hopefully that means she's on the mend. Um, what, what did she, was she unconscious then? Or what actually happened? Does anyone know? Apparently she took a took a shot and landed awkwardly as far as I understood hopefully someone corrects me if I'm wrong there but that's what I, that's what I could gavel from what was posted online oh, I thought it was the goalkeeper that was injured yeah the goal yeah it was yeah she took the shot as in oh. she took the shot as in she stopped it oh right okay I thought you meant yeah okay and yeah. Yeah, you know yeah but you were trying to say it was a bit like Jossie's Giants that she'd gone up the pitch <laughs> around 10 people and then uh, took a shot and yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that, no. Pat Jennings. <laughs> yeah, we're all glad that, that, that she's all right and she's on the mend. So um, we don't want to see that at football. Let's move, moving on to Haywood's Heath. I think we're all going currently. Are we all going, John? Yes, I hope so. So Haywood's Heath. We've only got one point this year, haven't we? Yeah, I, think, uh, I don't think they've won a game so far this season. Well, they lost yeah. at home to Whitstable, didn't they? 2-0? Yeah, 2-0. Two nil. Two they they lost to East Grinstead 4-1 as well. East Grinstead have got a best, better side this year, though. Um, they look much better. But yeah, they lost 2-0 at home, and they had 145 in attendance. So, um, I expect there'll be more than 200 there tomorrow, but that might be mostly us. I mean, yeah. it was a fact. Yeah, it was, to be fair. <laughs> I wonder what their their crowd's limited to. Four hundred. But I thought the the four hundred was based on the capacity of the ground. 
No, it's not. It's based on the minimum ground grading. So each division, in order to get into the division and play in it, you have to have a ground that has a minimum capacity. And it's based oh, off right. the minimum ground grading. So that's why it's 300 in the level below and it's 600 in the level above for every ground, no matter what. So we're, we're technically missing out on that because we have a, quite a high capacity grounds. But we, yeah, we, it's, the, it's on the minimum ground grading. George is full of knowledge today. Not like the rest yeah. of us. Been full of knowledge, George. Uh, the real you know one, going to tickets for tomorrow. Tickets for tomorrow is pay on the gate. Um, you can cards payment if you can. I think around the ground they're taking card and cash, but a lot of places are preferring card. Um, yeah. Which if you, if you've got one is, is quite handy, really. It's a lot a lot of times actually it's quite frustrating not being able to pay it with card at a non league ground, but that's changing now. Um, mm. it's nine pound for adults, six pound for concessions and i think under 17s or under 18s is is a pound so yeah pretty reasonable you taking the drum um, the drum's going uh, it's on, the drum's going on the coach mm. yeah i delivered it back to the grounds saturday are you, allowed, yeah. are you allowed to breathe noisily at this ground without who knows, who knows mate? yeah we're all gonna find out aren't we yeah there's parking at the ground as well there's plenty of parking at Hayward's Heath. Yeah, there's uh, information on the um, Supporters Club Twitter for that. Very good, George. Yeah, push your Twitter, mate. That's what I like to see. Well, I'm just put, I'm just putting information out there. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying to get hold of um, every club before the game. Some clubs are more difficult to get hold of than others. I've noticed that. Um, yeah. As for example, obviously, Fabersham were really, really good to getting hold of before the game and then mm. gave us some surprises on the day. But... Um, <laughs> People want to know about away grounds and we want more people to go. And if you've got more information, you're more likely to go. Yeah, like uh, I pestered Hayward Teeth doing stuff for the podcast and, you know, just any contact of any kind. And they just completely blanked me, which is that's the first time that's happened. You know, like usually even on the Twitter, they, they, they at least say no, thank you. Or, uh, nah, you know, we haven't got anyone free. But so hopefully we spank them 4-0. Well, I think that means they should have a points deduction, really, if they're not coming on this podcast. Ah. <laughs> if only yeah. you were in charge of things, George. Yeah, I, I'd probably make more sensible... That's a more sensible decision than is usually made by the league, so I could give it a well, shot. He, he might get a chance when Aggie goes. Look at Braggy's replacement. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone there. He's gone there, isn't he? Ten I minutes you've been on, John. Ten minutes. I, I heard he's a gooner, though. That's that's pretty yep. good. Started watching the gooners just uh, when Rioc was about to go. So he's a young man, really, because I remember bloody Don Al and Chapman. Like you that. remember, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they no, they don't know that these people because they're not old like we are. Bruce so, Ro- um, Bruce Rioc signed. Who did he sign? Dennis Bergkamp. He was only at the club for a few months, wasn't he? Rioch. And signed Bergkamp. Well, he was a miserable git. No wonder they got rid of him. He didn't really have a chance, though, did he? Yeah, well. I hate Bruce Rioch anyway. Do you? Cause, yeah, when you play FIFA and Lee Dixon's on commentary, he mentions him every game. And I just hate that name now. <laughs> It's like, did you enjoy, did you enjoy playing, uh, playing wing back? And he goes, not under Bruce Rioch. You have to go up and down. It's literally the start of every game if you play the same formation. And I, so I hate the guy. I hate the guy. It's fair enough. It's rational. Was that a question? I didn't hear it. 
Uh, no, I was just chatting shit, John. All right. Yeah, Which, <laughs> normal <yeah>. person. <laughs> well, it, it, well, as a roundtable, it's uh, been a bit of scatty, this one. Tickets for tickets for next Saturday at the pilot field are still available. I think there's still a few left. Obviously, we're not selling many per game because we've got 270 season ticket holders and 400 capacity. I think there are still a few left for the VCG game. Um, so, if you haven't got your ticket, get it. Don't miss out. Yeah, I, t- I tried to stick a fixture mention in the podcast now as well, you know, in terms of uh, what you're kindly doing there to remind people that there is tickets available because we need to have that we need to have that pilot field full for whatever capacity we can put in there. Can we sponsor Chris? Um, when Hastings score their first goal of the season, he's got to do a streak. Oh, no, 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 John, no, John. Okay. We have scored this season, John. All right, I know you're negative, but we did score against Herne Bay. That's true. And um, I, didn't, I didn't run on, so I missed my chance, John. And we also, we also scored twice on Saturday. I don't know if you missed that. No, I'm talking about league. Well, yeah, you know, you pick and choose your stats, John. I know you want, know you want Aguiar, but you can't do that. <laughs> I'm trying to work it somehow. Aggie, yeah, you, Aggie you, in. Well, <laughs> I worry about John. It might be Aggie in where? I don't know. The um, Quickly, let's speak about Aggie. Do you think, from, from the fact that Kenny Pogue scored, uh, George and Daryl, has he has he looked to try and sort of jig this formation at all? You know, I feel I feel like I say I feel like chatting to chatting to Aggie after the game and just talking about uh, the width up top. And it did look like we played a little bit bit wider hmm. um, up top and looking looking to get get balls in, just have that natural width. Um, mm. We looked really deadly wide, to be fair. And I thought um, Jake Elliott just came into his own in this system. And he bossed it. I think Jake Elliott was, was the best player on the pitch for me today. He dominated on, on Saturday. And in him being able to overlap and underlap down the wing, um, it should be quite exciting. We've got, yeah, I've got some good wide players. We've got TC up there and Capon's looking really, really good. Works so hard. Ollie Black's getting better and better and better all the time. So, yeah, it's, the, width, the width angle should be, uh, should be interesting. See how we go moving forward. We'll see what it's like tomorrow. They would see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I would say about Jake Elliott, the, the, you know, I was a bit worried about it when I first saw that, that first game back. Was that Herne Bay? Or? I, think, I think it was Herne Bay. And he, he looked well, he sort of looked well within himself. But that's fantastic. If he's getting back to that, what he was like last season, where he's up and down the pitch and causing nightmares for defence, that's, that's brilliant stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I mean, like, like you say, with um, that first game stuff, we saw him play and stuff, we saw later into the game he was more sort of sitting back and sort of sticking with the defence rather than moving up the pitch a bit more. Um, I sort of thought, you know, doesn't look like he's back to 100% fitness mm. at the moment and stuff. But like George said on Saturday, he was, he was all over the place, causing causing problems everywhere. Absolutely brilliant. It, it really looked like we had, you know, he was back on top form and stuff like he was last season. It was really good to see again. Uh, I thought, oh yeah, I thought we did, did really well on Saturday. I thought it was a change up from our usual. We sort of did a bit of passing around stuff. I thought we played a few more long balls with Kenny Pogue up top. Um, <laughs> I shot myself to the foot a little bit on it. Um, so when we kicked off for the second half, um, I like they lined up on one side of the uh, halfway line and the passable back and then they just launched it forward. It 
didn't quite work so well. So uh, after they scored their penalty, um, they did it again. I sort of sat there and said to the guys, I was like, you know, it's turn it, I said, we're going to do the same thing again. As uh, Adam said, uh, he's like, oh, it's going to work some point this season. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's going to work here. And yeah, straight away we scored from it. I thought, oh, <laughs> that shuts me out right there. I thought, oh, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. It's, yeah. it's a different play from the lads and stuff. And I thought, you know, I thought it was really good to see him change it up and it, it seemed to really work. It's always such a lesson for us. There's so many um, what the hell do I know moments about football. Oh. Mm. And I think people need to sort of appreciate the, the tactical now that the coaches have and the, the level of detail, especially for our, for our supposed level of football, that goes into planning moves like that and positioning of players and the, and the amount of players study it um, under the guidance of the manager. I think it does need to be appreciated and it's not the same as football was ten, even 10 years ago at this level. So a lot of credit has to go there. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, you can't in this these divisions it well it's in most but you just can't be assured of hanging on to players and we had a great system which with the two natural wide players then and it worked well and and when changes occur you just have to he's done incredibly well to evolve slightly the style and emphasis of, of the play um but the you know the back line's solid isn't it and that's that's a great building place to build from. Um, but um, it's nice. It's interesting to see that we played a wider game then on Saturday. And um, what was I going to? Oh, I was going to ask. Was it a dubious penalty? I haven't seen it. I mean, when I saw it, I thought I, I did think it looked a little bit like handball. Um, but I was sort of. Well, I wasn't too sure. Um, wasn't the uh, what, did, what did Robbie think? That's that's the benchmark. I mean, obviously, Robbie's always calling bullshit. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I don't think Robbie argued with it too drastically. Um, I think I think our biggest arguments that we have about the game with the ref was um, there were a couple of challenges that he gave yellows for. That there was definitely some calling for some reds going on there. There's a <clears throat> one was a bit of a studs up challenge. So. I saw calling for a bit of red there. There's only a yellow given. I think that was the, I think that was the biggest argument there. But I was smiling yeah. when those tackles were going in. To be fair, because you think you think a team at Ebbsfleet's supposed level would come and try and pass us off the pitch, but they weren't. They were just trying to put fouls in. So when teams are trying to do that against us, I take it as a massive compliment. They were trying to put us off our game, and they couldn't do it. To be fair, yeah, um, what an achievement. I mean, it sounded like there was a lot of respect coming our way after the game, but. You know, when you when you think we've had some tight games against teams in our league that weren't particularly outright promotion favourites last season, it either shows what a great standard we've got um, at the moment. It's going to be a tough season, or or we just rose. We really rose to the occasion of playing a team two two levels above us once again. <laughs> It takes a few games for a, a new players to gel into a team, doesn't it? But it, it sounds really promising. Would you say that game on Saturday was our was the, our best performance of the season? Then, oh, definitely. I I definitely say that. I thought it was. I thought it was actually brilliant. I thought seeing that again from Hastings. I thought, you know, like you said, it takes a few games to get into, it and I felt like 
they just sort of really found their own a bit more. Um, they sort of really clicked to the team. I thought it was really, really good. It was great to see. I thought, you know, if we can play like that for the rest of the season, I thought, you know, it's just we've got to have this in the bag. But um, I think after I think after the way we played last season, we were so good, we were so brilliant. I think you know this this year, like I think I think the other teams are coming for us. They know they know that we're going to be a tough battle, and I think you know they're really just going to try and take us to that draw. I think we are going to have to fight for it. Um, but I think you know like. That's, I think that's how we are. They they see us as that, right? They're going to walk all over us if we really don't bring our all here. Um, you know, and like George said, you know, you take that sort of thing as a compliment. You know, team teams like that. You know, it's it's just great compliment for how well we are, how great we play, and the stuff. I think you know, with I think we're the team to beat this season. Um, how do you think Ashford are? Because I I kind of see that as the fixture to look forward to with our our games over the last few seasons genuinely i don't i don't think they'll be they'll be the same team that they were last year one of their one of their main strikers smith has gone to folkestone they lost a few more players um i don't think the money's there that it was in previous seasons you look at their attendances that were down as well last season um and looking at how they started you look at Teams like Cray Valley probably going to be more more of a threat, um, perhaps Whitehawk, and and maybe maybe Herne Bay, um, rather than Ashford, to be honest. Yeah. So you yeah. think uh, VCD being top? That's just um, that's not that's not staying that way. Is it just a, a nice little start from them? Everton the top of the prem, so that's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> mm. Fair enough. Talk to me in <laughs> April when if they're still top. But I, I, don't, I don't know. That's the thing about this league. I said this a couple mm. of weeks ago. You do not know what team has invested well, got some youth players coming through, got some loan players from a London club. You, you don't know unless you're really, 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 really close to it what is going to happen in this division. And you don't know what players that have been injured have come back. You've no idea. So that's, I think that's part of the excitement of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, just looking at the two the league games so far, um, it's going to be tough. But we've got the we've got the coach, we've got the players that can can do it, obviously. But like you say, stay a squad is important. And do you think we've got the depth in the squad at the moment? In terms of depth, I mean the front three is fine. Look, you have got TC, Kenny, Pope. Radari, Dawes, Capon, um, Warrell can play further up. In the middle, you've got Warrell, Ward, you've got Dixon, Adams. There's plenty of players in there. And the more, you know, you've got um, Goldsmith seems to be playing all over the place. And the back, I think our back four is head and shoulders above most, most of this level, to mm. be fair. And the two, the two centre-backs two centre backs are just unbelievable for this, for this level. Um, mm. The only player I'd be really, really, really worried about um, being out would be um, Louis, Louis Rogers. Um, Sam Sam Adams might be good in goal, but it does stress me out <laughs> when he has to come in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I think it must be so difficult to have a really deep, good squad because if you're playing at this level and not getting a game every week and a high, you know, high quality, um, then you you'd be looking to go elsewhere, wouldn't you? So it must be such an achievement and about promoting the you know, belief in the club that you keep 
players of high standard that aren't playing every week. That's the difficult chore, I think. Mm. Well, I think it's the the way we could sell the club, things we just take for granted, like our supporters, you know, like that we get a good crowd and that is a selling point for a club that you're going to have, you're going to have at least say now this season, there's going to be 400 people every game. How many, how many other clubs is it like that in this league? You know, it's a selling point, you know, and the fact that we get behind the team, apart from you, apart from you, John. Without the, without the restrictions, I, you know, we were pushing almost a regular home attendance of 600, weren't we? Which is... It's a little bit more than that, but yeah. Which is incredible. It's just so negative, John. It's negative all the time. <laughs> Fiddling the numbers, haven't scored this season, not mentioning, you know, it was, it was nearly 800 regularly and we got 1,100 on one game. Just, you know, God. Averages, I'm talking, George. Well, average, we were, we were averaging, like in the second half of the season, we were averaging close to 800. Just want to try and try and be positive, John. Yeah, he, he just wants he wants Aggie out, doesn't he? It's embarrassing. <laughs> he wants Billy. I reckon he wants Billy, Billy out. Billy out, Aggie out. Rob French out. Not letting enough people in. Billy, yeah, yeah. Billy's got to go. I mean, <laughs> what have the what have these people done for the club? <laughs> they oh, might go together. You know, you know, it might work out like that. Yeah, and it will be your fault, John. <laughs> Mm. well listen fellas let's let's leave it there uh and we we shall all bump into each other at Hayward Teeth. absolutely absolutely it's been great yeah. lads yeah take care yeah well done see you at the game yeah come on you come on come on, on you yeah. yeah come on you use. get on it tomorrow and that's it for another episode Hastings fans glad you could join us remember we want your input and feedback why not email the show on hufcpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at hufcpodcast. A new episode out every Thursday on all major podcasting platforms and YouTube. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host Chris Laverick, hope you have a good week and see you at the game.